You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. This Friday, your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley! It's anger! Let me at him! Fear! Safety checklist is complete! Disgust! Ew! Ew! Sadness is in the house! Oh no! Hello, I'm Anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going! Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only in theaters Friday. Get tickets now. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Welcome to our couch. Take a seat. It's time for therapy. Movie therapy. I'm Kristen Meinzer, culture critic and co-author of How to Be Fine. And I'm Rafer Guzman, film critic for Newsday. In each episode of Movie Therapy, we offer up dubious advice and solid movie and TV recommendations for whatever ails you. Yes. And note, today, tomorrow, as always, we are not real therapists. We are not doctors, but we are real movie critics, aren't we, Rafer? That's right. Don't sue us for fraud. We are not doctors. (laughs) All right. So shall we get to this week's first letter or patient, as we sometimes call them? Ah, yes. Uh, Our first letter is from Seth. I'll read this one, Kristen. Seth says, Dear Rafer and Kristen, like a lot of people, I'm disappointed that there will be no pride this year. I'm someone who grew up in a small town, terrified that if I ever came out, I'd be shunned, ridiculed, beat up, or worse. To see the world change so much in my lifetime, to see the entire country covered in rainbows each June as paraders march through small towns and big cities, I sometimes feel it can't be real. It's certainly beyond anything I ever dreamed of as a kid. Obviously, social distancing and public health have to take a front seat to any festivities right now, but I miss going out in the town with my community and seeing my city celebrate my existence. I miss reveling in the fact that the next generation will get to grow up so differently than I did. Rafer and Kristen, do you have any movie or TV recommendations to give me that joyous pride feeling from home? Oh, Seth, I love this letter. And I just love that story of yours, that trajectory of growing up with the world one way and how much in a generation it's changed. Yeah. I mean, I know that there's a lot of criticism. Some people are like, oh, pride has gotten too commercial. Um, I don't want to go to the shopping mall and see every name brand business covered in rainbows. But what you're saying here, Seth, is is also so valid. Like, I mean, it's true. I would say even when I was a kid, Rafer, I never imagined that we would live in a world that every June the world would be the way it is right now, where it embraces LGBTQ people the way it does. And it's not perfect. The world still does, to a certain extent, shun gay people and not give LGBTQ people equal rights. But sure, it's such a different world. It really has changed. 
Sure. Uh, I, yeah, I've been thinking about this a little bit, not just because of Pride, but because uh, I've been watching Pose, the FX series um, yes, about yes. the 90s. Um, and I've been thinking about going back and watching that documentary, BPM, about the AIDS activism during the 80s as well. And I remember when AIDS first came up and people started to really get vocal about this. I remember, I think it was in Boy, it might have been 86, 87, uh, 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 a college professor showed me a Wall Street Journal article. And it was just totally news to me. Never heard of it. Had no idea it was going on. And, you know, it just became a bigger and bigger thing uh, all through kind of my, you know, young life, 20s and 30s. I kind of watched from the sidelines. Obviously, I'm not gay, but I kind of watched this thing happen. And it was it was pretty amazing. And it's it's amazing still uh, to see all this stuff. Yeah. And the Supreme Court case, which the the recent decision that, no, you cannot legally fire people on the basis of their sexual orientation. Rafer, you just tweeted about the other day saying, what, this wasn't already <laughs> the situation yeah. that... I, I know. It was incredible. I kept th- I thought, is this a tweet from 1991? What is this? It was, <laughs> it was amazing. Yeah. Uh, no, but it's, but I mean, I guess that shows you sort of both how far we've come and how far we haven't come on these kinds of things. Yeah. And... I really do, Seth. I do wish that you could be out in the streets partying. Rafer and I wish we could be there with you, partying and celebrating you as well. And unfortunately, that's, you know, as you said, that's not something that is possible in most places right now. Sure. And if you want that party feeling, I'm glad that you are going to try to turn to some movies and TV for that because, Rafer, you and I have suggestions. We do indeed. Kristen, do you want to you go first? Yes, I do. Now... At some point or another, Rafer, you may put a rule on me that I'm no longer allowed to mention Dolly Parton on this show, but for the time being... No, never. <laughs> good. I'm glad. I'm glad. I would never do that to Because I'm just, I'm just going to say it, world, at least once every fifth episode, Dolly Parton's going to come up. It's just going to happen. <laughs> and she's coming up again today because she has a fantastic movie that is part of her Dolly Parton's Heartstrings collection on Netflix. This is a collection of films that came out last year, and all of the movies are inspired by or based on songs of her. So there's a movie called Jolene that oh, is it. all about that woman with her hair of red and eyes of green. Yes. That, that terrible Jolene. Yes. <laughs> um, and it has all sorts of great movies. In it. And one of my very favorites is Two Doors Down, starring Melissa Leo. And, uh, you know, there's so many other great stars oh. in this. Uh, Dolly Parton makes a cameo in it. And it is the story of a young man who comes back to his hometown for his sister's wedding. Unbeknownst to everybody, he is gay and he's in a relationship with the wedding planner, who is also the best friend of the bride. And (laughs) he's afraid to tell his conservative parents, one of them played by Melissa Leo, that he's gay. And there's also a trans character in this story, too, a teenager that identifies as trans. And um, the whole movie is introduced by Dolly Parton saying back in her younger years when she was on the road and just an up-and-coming musician, how much fun she'd have. She would be in these kind of like dingy motel rooms, eight people to a room, and she'd be partying with people from all over the world, people of all races and genders and sexual orientations, gay people, trans people. Sure. And it was always a party. Looking through these old records here at Dollywood sure brings back a lot of memories for me. 
Back in 1977, when I wrote the song Two Doors Down, I was out on the road and we were laughing and drinking and having a party. But it wasn't always fun. And being gone all that time from my home and family, well, that's tough. But what I found out on the road was a whole new family with bands and crews that were made up of all kinds of people who were different colors, gay, lesbian, transgender, and all different faiths. But it didn't matter as long as we all loved each other and got along. And we did, and we still do. Because what it all comes down to is love is love in road families and in real families. Now, life might not always be a party, but you are better off if you can just enjoy yourself, have fun, and accept the love of people around you. So if you're feeling low and down in the dumps, have faith that there can always be happiness just as close as two doors down. Enjoy. If you want to feel like you are at a fantastic party, Two Doors Down just, it put such a smile on my face when I first saw it. And then ever since I first saw it a few months ago, I have just sung the song Two Doors Down every single day, several times a day. It, <laughs> I love it. It put a party in my heart and in my booty. I just can't stop singing and dancing to that song. <laughs> and so, Seth, I, I don't know this song. Two Doors Down, they're laughing and singing and having a party. No, I don't. No. You don't know the song? Yes, you do, Rafer. Oh, I don't believe you. You're just doing that because you want me to sing the whole song. We're not going to do it. <laughs> I was hoping. I tried to goad you into it. <laughs> what about you, Rafer? What, what are you going to suggest? All right. I'm going to suggest a movie that I'm pretty sure, I'm 99% sure that Seth, our listener, has not seen. It's called Outrageous, with an exclamation point. It's from way back in 1977. I first read about this movie in a book called Cult Movies, which is one of my Bibles by a guy named Danny Peary. And his description of it really interested me, but the movie was just virtually impossible to see for decades. I never saw it playing at any art house theater. I, I feel like I still don't see it ever showing up at repertory theaters today. But thanks to the magic of streaming, you can now see it. It's on Amazon. And that's how I finally saw it after all these years. So here's the story. It's about a, a hairdresser, a guy named Robin Turner, played by uh, an actor named Craig Russell. And Robin is the roommate of a young woman named Liza, who is played by Hollis McLaren. He is an aspiring drag performer. She is a schizophrenic. And together, these two try to help each other navigate this world. And I think this this equation between him being gay and her being crazy, I think there's something very intentional about that because they are trying to support each other's reality. Gay people were considered crazy. They were considered mentally ill for so long. And these two are trying to kind of see each other for what they are. Um, it's really great. And so he, she, he tries to basically keep her from kind of going off the deep end because she keeps refusing to take her medication. And she encourages him to pursue his dream of getting on stage. So here's a brief scene that takes place in his dressing room. I'm dead inside. You are not dead. You're alive and sick and living in New York like eight million other people. Listen, you're Liza. You're not Joe. You're not your mother. You're not any of the people the doctors wanted to make you into. You'll never be normal, but you're special. And you can have a hell of a good time. You know, there's only one thing. 
You're mad as a hatter, darling. <laughs> but that's all right, because so am I. So am I. <laughs> I've never known anyone worth knowing who wasn't a positive fruitcake. We're all not. You and me are here to love and look after each other. You're not dead. You just have a healthy case of craziness. Craziness? Yes. Make it work for you. Oh, Rafer, I want to hear that pep talk every day. You know... That is a good pep talk. The, the movie is full of these really lovely lines that are just that are really honest and sincere. It was a first film by this uh, young guy named Richard Brenner, and it was basically kind of based on uh, his life living with an actual female roommate who was mentally ill. She wrote a short story about it, and then he turned it into this movie. And when you watch this movie, you can really tell that just everything in it, all the people, the places, the gay clubs, the performances, they all, they're all real. You just know that these are all just real people and real experiences. And it's not trying to be groundbreaking and bold and daring it just kind of is you know it, it was one of the first films to uh to get you know played in mainstream theaters even in 1977 two things i'm i wanted to mention about it the the star craig russell was a pretty successful drag performer and he toured clubs all around the world he's a real natural in this movie he died of complications of aids in 1990 mm. as did the director also oh, in 1990 boy. And that's one reason I want to recommend this film, because I feel like it's kind of a forgotten gay milestone in, in gay cinema. And I'd like to see it get the attention it deserves. And, and now you can see it. It's available. It's on Amazon Prime. Oh, well, I'm definitely going to watch that, Reefer. That sounds fantastic. And It's a great movie. And with all those scenes in clubs and so on, I imagine, Seth, it will give you that party feeling, that pride feeling that you're looking for as well. So, um, again, our recommendations from Rafer Outrageous. And for me, Two Doors Down, which is part of Dolly Parton's Heartstrings collection of films on Netflix. That sounds like a line of jewelry, Kristen. <laughs> well, I wish it was. You know I'd be wearing it every day. <laughs> <laughs> you would. Yes. All right. We're going to take a quick break. But before we do, are you in a predicament where you could use some dubious advice and a good movie recommendation? Write to us at reeferandkristen at gmail.com. And as always, you can visit our website if you prefer. That's raferandkristen.com. On the website, there's a contact form where you can reach out to us and send us a question. You do not have to use your real name. No, you can call yourself Betty Davis. You can call yourself Tulula Bankhead. Anything you want to do. <laughs> and of course, you can always tweet us at Rafer Guzman and at Kristen Meinzer. Stay with us. When we're back, we have someone who's going through a breakup while social distancing. Game Pass. Welcome to the future in this year's wildest super fun show for adults. Hey gang, it's Josh Olson. 
And Joe Dante. And we want to tell you about our podcast. It's about movies. Josh, there are a thousand podcasts about movies. Sure, but ours is different, Joe. That's true, actually. Our guests are writers, directors, musicians, comedians, actors. Hell, we even have other podcasters on. We play no favorites, and they don't talk so much about their own work but about the movies that have influenced them and made them who they are. We call it the movies that made me. We've talked with people like Guillermo del Toro, Little Stevie Van Zandt, Martin Short, Ethan Hawke, William Freakin, Barbara Crampton, Jonathan Ross, Dennis Lehane, Mark Duplass, Adam McKay, Lorraine Newman, Jason Reitman, Alison Anders, Elijah Woods, Stephen Canals, Eli Roth, Joe Bob Briggs, Roger Corman, Bobcat Goldthwait, Leon Douglas, Dana Gould, Martin Campbell, Shane Black, Albert Hughes, Emily Deschanel, Joe Biafra, Larry Fessenden, Nicole Hawson, Shaka King, Lee Daniels, Roslyn Chow, Clancy Brown, Harvey Smith, Ike Arnold, Steve Arquette, Thomas Miller, Jim and Uwe Boll. It may not be highbrow, but it's lots of fun. Subscribe for free on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get podcasts. In color to thrill you as never before. Hey, we're back with our second letter of the week. This one is from Ray. Kristen, I'll let you do the honors. Yes. Uh, Ray says, Dear Rafer and Kristen, a few weeks ago, my boyfriend and I broke up. It has been challenging to process the breakup while also being physically isolated from other people. In ordinary circumstances, I would be seeing all my girlfriends and getting lots of love. We'd be having girls' nights out to get my mind off of the breakup feelings. They'd be helping me to have some fun and laughs and make me feel like I'm okay. Can you recommend some movies that will give me some of the good vibes of a night on the town with my friends without physically leaving the house? Boy, a breakup during social distancing, that sounds pretty tough. You know, we've had people that have been trying to mourn, uh, you know, have had people who died. And, you know, a breakup is, it's its own, it's its own kind of loss. There's a person that used to be in your life and now that person isn't there anymore. Um, so that is, uh, that is tough, especially when you can't physically reach out and, you know, get someone in your house or go out and blow out a little steam. That's a, that's a tough one. Yeah. I feel so bad for you, Ray, because, you know, anytime I've gone through breakups, Rafer, you've seen me go through breakups before. Whenever I do, I'm just like, yeah, I'm out every night. I'm drinking. I'm partying. <laughs> Sometimes I'm having like rebound dates or what have you, you know? Um, of course. I'm going out there and trying to live my best life, trying to be reminded of all the ways that I'm a fun, sexy person, enjoying my girlfriends, you know, all of those things, Ray. So I, I feel so bad that you can't do all those things right now. It's gotta be a bummer. I'm so sorry you're going through this. It, it really does suck. If it makes you feel any better, Ray, and I'm sure this won't, you're one of many letters we've gotten like this. You're just the first that we've published. Yeah, I'm sure this is happening to a lot of people. I feel like I've been reading about so celebrity couples who are divorcing um, without naming names, friends who are going through a, a hard time, cup, mm. friend couples uh, of mine. And, you know, yeah, listen, likewise. The, stress is, uh, the stress is real. It's no joke. Yeah. So what are we going to recommend then for Ray to help her through this tough time? Well, Ray, I'm, you know, you're wanting sort of a, a party movie. You know, it's a, it's a genre movie that... You know, there's been a lot of those. Um, there aren't that many of them that haven't been seen. I, I remember after The Hangover came out in 2009, I felt like I I sat through like 30 wild party movies every year. It was they were just <laughs> they came so fast and furious. So I'm going to choose one that maybe you haven't seen. It's from 2016. It's called Office Christmas Party. Kristen, have you seen this movie? I don't think I have, and I am shocked because. 
I like to pride myself on seeing every Christmas movie ever made. That's true. This <laughs> I think you know this about me, Ray. For every year around Halloween, all the way through Valentine's Day, I try to watch at least one Christmas movie a day for yeah. three months a year. Yeah, you have like a marathon, yeah. Yeah, so um, I, I don't think I know this one. Tell me about it, Rafer. All right, well, Office Christmas Party, you know, what more do I got to tell you? That's It's right there in the title. <laughs> um, you know, I, I will tell you the plot, which is basically this. There's this company called Xenotech, which does God knows what, and their Chicago <laughs> branch is uh, in danger of closing. But if the staff can put on a truly awesome party, maybe they can keep it open. So here's a clip. It's, it's This is Jennifer Aniston. She plays the cold-hearted boss. She's talking to her employees, which are T.J. Miller, Jason Bateman, Rob Corddry, and Kate McKinnon, who you will, let's say, hear from at the end. Listen, essentially... This branch is failing. 6.5% is not failing. Yes, it is. We're doing better than Orlando. I mean, have those jack-offs had mono last year, right? <laughs> well, I closed the Orlando branch this morning. What? I am sorry. Damn it. I have a condition. I fart when I'm scared. Wow. You know... Gas is just a normal part of life. It's a part of Christmas. It's a part of the office. <laughs> it's, it's, def- it's definitely a part of. It's definitely a part of Christmas. Uh, you know, as you might guess, uh, this is not the most sophisticated comedy. I remember sitting in the theater and thinking, "Wow, this is pretty stupid." And then something would happen, and I would laugh, and I'd say, "Oh God, I I, I shouldn't laugh at this. This movie's really stupid." And then I'd laugh again, and I would say that when it was all done, it's like the laughs and the stupidity, you know, you're talking about maybe 50-50, maybe 51-49. Uh, it's written by the guys who wrote The Hangover, but I do want to say it's not it's not mean-spirited and sort of dark and edgy like those movies were trying to be. Mostly they just set up this extremely loose premise. It's basically all shot on one set, which is the main room of this Xenotech place. And they just kind of let the cast do whatever they want. And they're all talented and they're funny. And so it kind of works. And I guess I would say this. If this were playing in theaters, I would not say to go out and spend 30 bucks on it. But hey, three ninety nine on streaming, go for it. Wow. Office Christmas party. Oh my gosh. I am definitely checking that one out, Rafer. Definitely checking that out. I cannot believe I haven't seen this as a Christmas movie aficionado. This is shocking. I have not seen this movie. It sounds fantastic. You can put that right up with It's a Wonderful Life. It sounds like a solid five out of ten. (laughs) Okay, Kristen, how about you? All right. I am going to recommend a movie that is not an unknown movie. It is a very well-known movie called Girls Trip. And this is a movie that um, I'm sure that you've heard of, Ray, because it was a huge sensation. It it was just a giant hit. It stars Regina Hall, Queen Latifah, Jada Pinkett Smith, and Tiffany Haddish as four friends who reunite and they're in New Orleans for the annual Essence Festival, which is, you know, concerts and parties and drinking and flirting and all the great things that happen at this annual festival in New Orleans. And along the way, you see them get up to all sorts of no good. Here is a scene uh, from the movie of them getting up to no good. This is not a good idea. I have to pee. Look, the line is short over there. There's a long line in the bathroom here. Just go for it. You can do it! All right, all right, all right. right. Please stop, please stop, please stop, please stop. (laughs) 
What happened? Why did I stop? Just, just hold tight. Hold yeah, on, Lisa. This please. is not the time. I'm telling you. Oh my no. God. Please. Oh God. Baby Jesus. Oh baby Jesus. Please don't make me pee on anybody. Oh, Kristen, I loved this movie. I loved this movie so much. Um, I was so surprised uh, because, again, I felt like this was just another latecomer to the hangover trend. Um, and it was it was so good. And Tiffany Haddish just stole the show. She was just on fire. Uh, this was the movie where um, I played my little part, uh, the, uh, the New York Film Critics Circle, of which I am a member. Uh, we gave her the Best Actress, a Best Supporting Actress Award <gasps> for that year. And it was a oh, big I deal. I didn't know that. Yeah, it, it, I, think it, oh. I think it really meant a lot to her. She mentioned it in one of her New York Times interviews. I, you know, I think she was obviously kind of on a roll anyway from that movie. But I think it really helped her kind of get that ball rolling. And I think the idea that you would get, you know, uh, that a black woman would get a Best Supporting Actress uh, award for a comedy from this kind of egghead group like the New York Film Critics Circle, I think that kind of was cool. And I think it kind of meant a lot to her, you know? Yeah, especially considering it's such a raunchy exactly. comedy. I mean, exactly. a lot of the humor in this is is gross out humor. It's not sophisticated. There are sex jokes. There are pee jokes. There are a lot of things in this that when I think of the New York Film Critics Circle, I don't think New York Film Critics Circle loves a pee joke. So, right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> right. The bagels, the grapefruit. Sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, gosh. Good yeah. stuff. But, you know, what's special about this movie, and I remember when we saw this movie, Ray, for one thing that you said over and over again that you loved about it is Tiffany Haddish brought heart to the movie. So despite yeah. all of the gross out humor and um, all of the ridiculousness of it, there's actually heart in the movie. And you see the people in the movie going through their stuff and... Um, it's not just about partying. It's about sometimes dealing with a broken heart or dealing with things that you're not necessarily telling your friends. But on a girl's trip, those secrets come out and you support each other and you still love each other. And you're going to have a great time along the way. I love girls trip. I'm, I'm sorry you can't see it in a theater, Ray, because seeing girls trip in a theater is one oh, of the boy. most fun things. Oh, my so gosh. Because the... <laughs> <laughs> it's a party in the theater. This movie is a party in the theater. Totally, totally. <laughs> but it, but it can still be a party at home. Pour yourself a drink. Do that um, Netflix party mode I've mentioned in prior episodes. Get a couple of girlfriends on with you. Right. Watch it together. Laugh your head off and just have a great time. Just have a great time. All right. Just to recap, that's a girl's trip from Kristen and I recommended Office Christmas Party. All right. We're going to take one more quick break. But when we're back, we have our What Should I Watch Next segment of the week. There is a corner of Los Angeles where dreams are brought to life. The uh, stuff that dreams are made of. Where stars are born. Where legends are made. It's alive. It's alive. It's alive. For over a hundred years, the world has been captivated by Hollywood. But just beneath the stardust lie a million more fascinating stories. Tales of heroism, villainy, betrayal, passion, tragedy and triumph that when sewn together form an incredible history. The Secret History of Hollywood. Available now wherever you get podcasts. Hey Matt. 
Did you know that wombats poop cubes? Nope, never heard that before. Did you know the unicorn is the national animal of Scotland, Ken? I didn't know, nor do I care. Neil, did you know that Liechtenstein is the only doubly landlocked country in Europe? Jeff, isn't that an American pop artist? Well, actually, it's both. If you want to learn things like that and more, join us each week on Triviality, a pub trivia-style game show podcast where a lack of seriousness meets a little bit of knowledge. Listen in each week to answer general knowledge trivia alongside exciting guests from around the world. And we're here, too. Join us every Tuesday for new hour-long episodes of Triviality, plus tons of extra theme content on everything from The Office and Lord of the Rings to science and geography. And sometimes we even do sports. Find us on all your preferred podcast apps and take part in the fun of playing bar trivia without the need to wear pants. Real mature, Jeff. Forget it, Neil. It's Triviality. All right, we're back with this week's What Should I Watch Next segment. And, Rafer, we have a letter from Hannah this week. Yes, uh, I'll read this one. Hannah says, Dear Rafer and Kristen, A few days a week to get exercise and stay sane, I hop on my home treadmill and watch really stupid Bravo reality shows as I walk and jog. From time to time, I'll skip the treadmill and do a Pilates video. But truly, it's the reality shows on the treadmill that make me happy. Problem is... Several of the reality stars I follow have now come out as straight-up racists. I'm talking calling the cops on black castmates for fun racist. I can't stomach watching them or supporting their shows anymore, but I also can't seem to find a non-Bravo reality show that scratches the same itch as my old favorites. So tell me, what should I watch next? Oof. Wow. Um, You know what? You're not the only one in that predicament, Hannah. I was just hanging out last night with my friend, uh, Lisa, and she was saying the same thing to me. Just, you know, these Bravo reality shows that used to just help her zone out. She just cannot stomach them anymore. I have to tell you, point blank, I am, I've never been a fan of those particular shows, partly because I don't do very well with observational reality shows. I don't just want to watch a bunch of drunk ladies be mean to each other. <laughs> I like a situational reality show, one where they set up really dumb circumstances like the person on the other side of this wall who you've never met before. You're going to hitchhike around the world with only $2, you know. <laughs> so I'm really much more into the situational rather than the observational reality show. So I was never a Bravo watcher, but I know that millions and millions and tens of millions of people are. So I, I know that um, many Bravo fans out there are having a moment of reckoning right now of, do I want to keep watching a show that encourages really bad behavior, but when the bad behavior crosses the line, do I actually want to keep watching this? So I, I feel for you. It's tough, Hannah. It is tough. You got you gotta you gotta make your own choices, you know, and it just it just goes for everybody, for for everything, not just uh, you know, uh issues of racism, but you know, how do we feel about Michael Jackson's music? Can we still watch Woody Allen's movies? I mean it's just it's a long list and you gotta kinda you gotta it kinda is. draw your own lines, I suppose. Um well, uh, Kristen, by the way, were those real examples or did you make those up? Oh, no, no, no. Those are, I just made those up. You missed your calling, Kristen. You should have been a reality TV show producer. I was years ago. What? You knew this about me. I worked on reality shows before we were friends. Didn't you know that? How did I never tell you this? No. Oh, my God. No. There's what a, real, there's a big black hole in our friendship that I never told you that. There sure is. Oh, they were mostly like cooking competition shows. And was it the best stuff I've ever made? Well. Mm. <laughs> was it entertaining? 
Kind of. Oh, yeah. boy. <laughs> I don't worry. I'm not going to recommend any of those shows today. But um, <laughs> okay. this is so funny. We've known each other over 10 years, and you didn't know this about me, Rafer. That's so no. funny. <laughs> no. All, all right, Kristen. So so you're, you're clearly the expert. What are you going to recommend? <laughs> well, I'm going to recommend two things. First, uh, I want to mention a workout video. So, Hannah, you mentioned that sometimes you'll do Pilates videos. And there is somebody on YouTube called The Fitness Marshal, and he is somebody who is so fun. He does, you might call them dance videos or aerobics videos. It's to all your favorite pop songs by like Ariana Grande, Lady Gaga, and so on. But he always has a different green screen backdrop, so he's always dancing in these crazy crazy places and then he'll always have two backup dancers and the backup dancers are different every time and they're very inclusive as far as race as far as uh, body size as far as uh. ability level like he's a fantastic dancer and his dancers are also very good but sometimes they'll be more like a level three dancer instead of like a level mm. 10 dancer you know welcome to chromatica booties sometimes life can feel like a constant rainstorm but today, instead of hiding from the rain, we're going to dance in it. Let's practice. Go this way. Brush it off. You have so much water on you. Again, flick. Drip, drip. But they're all fun to watch. And every once in a while, this just tells you like how weird my marriage is. Sometimes Dean and I will just turn this on and eat. Like, we'll watch them dance, which makes no sense at all. Like, why would we watch people exercise? Because it's almost like watching music videos. They're just so fun. So that's the Fitness Marshal on YouTube. And then the other thing I'm going to recommend for when you're actually on the treadmill is Australian reality TV. And I've talked about Australian reality shows in the past on the show. They are the trashiest. They are the best. Nobody's trashier than an Australian reality star. And one of my very favorite trashiest is called Unveiled. This is everything that's wrong in the world all in one show. On each episode of the show, a bride will, sometime between the engagement and the wedding day, she'll go under the knife, get a whole bunch of plastic surgery done, and then as she walks down the aisle, her groom will see her for the first time in her post-operative state. It's every bride's dream to look the best on their wedding day. Oh my god, I can't get married looking like this. And with the latest treatments at their fingertips. Obviously, who doesn't want a makeover? The possibility of perfection is an endless temptation. Got a wrinkle here and a bump in my nose. You don't need them done. You're beautiful the way you are. She can have whatever she wants, but I don't touch that. That's my ass. In this series, the bravest of brides-to-be. It's up there with the craziest things I've done. Undergo cosmetic procedures. Oh my god! Just weeks before they walk up the aisle. I can't explain how painful this is right now. I really don't know if it was all worth it. Will it be for better or for worse? That sounds horrifying. It is so good, Rafer. Oh my God. If you want to see some crap, watch this show. <laughs> it is, you know, you, you can jog or walk on that treadmill and not think at all. If your goal is just to zone out and watch people do dumb things, yeah, unveiled the Australian reality show. So those are my two recommendations. What about you, Rafer? How should Hannah, our letter writer, zone out from now on when she's on the treadmill? I feel like I need I feel like I need a five to ten minute break just to process that. That's 
That's that's incredible. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna do my best and and forge on and just put that out of my mind. Okay, <laughs> Hannah, I'm not really gonna recommend a reality show to you. I'm going to recommend a movie that might provide you with a little diversion. It's a little bit of a commentary on reality TV. I might uh, I might say it's called Welcome to Me from 2014. You may have heard of it. Uh, Kristen knows this movie. It's a it's a yes. funny, very weird little movie uh, with a pretty big cast in it. It's about a woman named Alice Klieg, played by Kristen Wiig, who is mentally ill. This is the second movie about mentally ill people that I've recommended on this podcast now. Um, she lives alone with basically her best friend, you'd say, as a television set. She watches Oprah pretty much all day, so much so that she can actually recite Oprah's monologues word for word, kind of like a Rocky Horror fan. And one day, Alice wins the California lottery. It's an $86 million jackpot, and she decides to spend the money to make her own television show. She goes down to this little local station, writes them a check for $15 million, and bingo, she's got a show. Here's a clip of Alice talking to the uh, station crew. They're played by James Marsden, Joan Cusack, Wes Bentley, and Jennifer Jason Lee. Here's a clip. Mm. I'm still not getting what the show is going to be. Oh, let me, Deb. Um, Alice, directing, shooting, editing, sets, costume design, yeah, hair and makeup. I want all that. All these things add up to make creating your own show extremely expensive. Yeah, particularly when you're not offsetting those costs with income from selling products. Are we talking about a half hour or... Two hours. How much will that cost? Two hours. You're looking at $100,000 an episode? Oh, it's more like one fifty. And that times 100 would be... That's $15 million. $15 million. Business stuff. Oh, and I want to come in on a swan boat. Rafer, I totally forgot that there's such a huge all-star cast in this movie. Yeah, Jennifer Jason Lee. Um, right? I remember everything about Kristen Wiig in it, though, because Kristen Wiig is yeah. so phenomenal in this movie. And I, I think a lot of people don't realize she goes beyond just being a regular comic actress. She has some real depth to a lot of her roles. Yes. And I think she has depth in her role in this movie. I think that's true. Um, you know, it, it's funny. That's that's kind of a that's that's a, both a strength and a weakness of this movie it's a it's a very odd film um it's a little all over the map much like Kristen Wiig's character it kind of has too many thoughts in its <laughs> head you know it's a little bit comedy drama satire and critique but it does have some very funny moments in it Kristen Wiig's very good um you know Kristen Wiig's always playing kind of slightly irritating people she's really good at that and so and she's really good at that mm -hmm. here um and when Alice's show starts to change to where it's not just her just talking about herself all the time, but she actually starts to hire actors to reenact scenes from her life, mostly scenes that made her mad, and her friends begin to recognize themselves on stage. <laughs> Things get pretty funny. So um, that's my recommendation to you, Hannah. Welcome to me. Well, that is such an unexpected recommendation, <sighs> Rafer. I was not expecting you to come up with a movie for this one. Well, I hope it works. But it's a, it's a good recommendation. <laughs> it's a great recommendation. So thank you. Again, from Rafer, that's Welcome to Me. And for me, my two recommendations are The Fitness Marshal on YouTube and the Australian reality show Unveiled, which Rafer never, ever wants to see and doesn't want to think about ever again, but that I think you will love when you're on the treadmill. I don't want you to watch it either, Hannah. Don't watch that. <laughs> Okay, that's it. 
That's it, folks, for this week's episode of Movie Therapy. Please don't hesitate to reach out if you need some questionable advice and some solid TV and movie recommendations. That's right. I called my recommendation solid, even the one with the bridal <laughs> plastic surgery. Our email address is Kristen at gmail.com. You can also write to us on our website, which is RaferandKristen.com. Just use that contact form. Use any name you want to. You don't have to use your real name. You can also reach out to us on Twitter at Rafer Guzman and at Kristen Meinzer. Yes, you can. And you can also rate us and review us in Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Leave us a five-star review or a four-star one. We'll take either one. And please tell your friends about the show. It really does help a lot. Until next time, I'm Rafer Guzman. And I'm Kristen Meinzer. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. 